You know, you should never um, say something about another person knowing he's following you. <laughs> and I'm just going to exercise extreme grace, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> what an absolute privilege and delight to be able to share God's word with you. This is a, a wonderful thing for me to have this opportunity, and thank you for that. And I have a question to start you off. Uh, lawyers always have questions, and my question is this. Are you a meek warrior? Let me ask that again. Are you a meek warrior? Now, I suspect that some of you are thinking, never really thought of myself as a warrior, and to you I would say, God has called you to be a warrior. Some of the rest of you are saying, warrior, meek, don't seem to go together. Strong warrior, powerful warrior, um, oppressive warrior, all of those might make more sense. But you know what? That's what we're going to talk about today, being a meek warrior. Now, I could just go and tell you, let's go to Matthew 5, 5, and we could start preaching about meekness, but I feel an obligation to set the table for you a little bit. My mother-in-law, Dorothy, who's sitting right there, she has taught me, as has my wife, that there are certain things that need to happen before good things happen. And for an Italian, a good thing to happen is eating. And, and my inclination when I'm going to eat is, let's just get on with it. But I have been taught that the first thing I need to do, correct me if I'm not true now, is got to wash those hands, okay? And if I don't wash the hands, I'm sent from the table. The second thing is something about the table being set. There needs to be actual utensils. There needs to be plates. Uh, I'd like it more simple, but they tell me these are things that have to happen before I eat. So I could teach you about Ma uh, Matthew 5, 5, but before that, I want to just set the table for you a little bit. There's two things that we want to focus on. The first is, this sermon is a sermon uh, about a sermon. Uh, it's in the context of what's been going on. Think with me about if you were to read before in Matthew, what happened before the Beatitudes? Well, chapter three, Jesus is baptized by John. That's cool, and you hear God's affirmation. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then you go to chapter four, what's going on there? Uh, Jesus is choosing his disciples. He chooses four of them there. He has a ministry in Galilee. Three things are happening. First of all, He's teaching in the synagogues, that's where the Jews met for religious activity. He's proclaiming the gospel of God's kingdom and he's healing. And what's happening here is he's attracting people. The buzz is getting out. The Jerusalem Journal is advertising and telling about this stranger, this Jewish rabbi who is doing these remarkable things and as a result, multitudes and crowds are getting excited about him. Matthew 5 starts a sermon. Now, where was this sermon preached? Uh, any place? No, it's specifically at a place called Capernaum. That's north of Jerusalem. If you can do your map in your eyes, uh, you, in your head, you've got this um, Jerusalem in Judea, and then north of that is Capernaum. And have you ever wondered why it's called the Sermon on the Mount? That's what the Beatitudes are in. Uh, not a lot of mountains going on in Judea and the Holy Land, but most commentators believe there was at least this high ridge that Jesus 
sat or stood on and talked to the people below overlooking the Sea of Galilee. So that's where it was. And then you say to yourself, who was it to? In those days, there were people that followed Jesus that followed in three categories. One category was the disciples. That word disciple means learner, and that means someone who's committed to the promise that Jesus was the Messiah. They were in. Then there was a second set of Jews, and these people in the Bible are called the crowd, the multitude. And so what are you talking about, Brent? These are people that haven't yet made a commitment to Jesus, but are checking him out. They're neutral, or at least not committed. And so when you see the word multitude in the Bible and the Gospels, that's talking about uncommitted Jews. There were non-Jews, because it says in Matthew that people were coming from the surrounding regions to hear this particular sermon. And then there might have been some religious leaders checking him out. Now, when Craig gets up there, up here, or Michael gets up here, uh, they say to themselves, I wonder who I'm preaching to. Do you ever think about what the preacher thinks about you? You're gonna have opinions about me, but uh, Jesus knew the heart of all men. That's sort of spooky and scary, isn't it? That he knew the heart of all men. He could be up here and he could be looking at all of you and he'd know your heart. He went farther to describe that people fall in four categories. And what I'd like you to do is think of what category you fall in because you're gonna hear a sermon and you're gonna to respond to the word in some way. First category, and he did this in a parable with the seed and the sower. And the sower was sowing the seed on soil and there were four different types of soil. So listen to see what category you